Hi, I'm Helene Gale, President and CEO of the Chicago Community Trust. Welcome to our latest episode of our podcast, Trust Talks. You will hear from a member of the trust staff in conversation with our partners about the work we're doing to close the Chicago region's racial and ethnic wealth gap. Closing the racial and ethnic wealth gap will take years. In the meantime, the trust is committed to addressing the critical needs of individuals and families facing unstable living situations such as food and housing insecurity or living in unsafe circumstances. Preventing violence provides stability to individuals, families, and communities throughout the region. A challenge as significant as homicide due to gun violence requires sustained and collaborative efforts like the Partnership for Safe and Peaceful Communities. PSPC is a coalition of more than 50 foundations and funders working together to identify and support scalable community-led evidence-based solutions to addressing gun violence. PSPC established its Chicago Fund in 2016 and launched its Let's Link Shy in 2020. Learn more about these PSPC initiatives in this episode of Trust Talks. Hello and good afternoon, everyone. My name is Charlotte Spaeth and I'm part of the communications team here at the Chicago Community Trust. Today, I am joined by Anna Lee, Anna Laubach, and Deborah Bennett to discuss the role that violence prevention programs have in the city of Chicago. I'd like to begin with introductions. Deborah, would you start us off? Good afternoon, Charlotte. My name is Deborah Bennett. I'm a senior program officer with the Polk Brothers Foundation, and I also co-chair the Chicago Fund for Safe and Peaceful Communities. Thank you. Anna, would you like to go next? This is Anna Lee. I'm the Director of Community Impact at the Chicago Community Trust, and I have the great honor of um, being a co-chair with Deborah Bennett Bennett on the Chicago Fund for Safe and Peaceful Communities and working closely with Anna Laubach as well. Hi, hi, Charlotte. It's Anna Laubach, and I'm the director of the Community Justice Initiative at the McCormick Foundation. And I co-chair the community's uh, grant-making area and have been uh, leading the Let's Link Shy initiative over the last several months with these um, wonderful women and very happy to be here today. Why is engaging grassroots organizations important in promoting safety in our region? I think in the last few years, we've had a lot of discussions about the importance of, um, you know, building social cohesion and making sure that um, uh, organizations um, that are working, you know, on the ground have um, resources and opportunities to respond to the challenges that they're seeing, um, particularly around gun violence. You know, I, I just think back to Chicago is a, is a collection of neighborhoods, and we have to make sure that neighborhoods have the resources to, um, to really address the, the, the challenges that they're seeing um, in their communities. So the Chicago Fund supports grassroots organizations in um, 21 prioritized communities on the south and west side that are experiencing the most gun violence. And so I I, I firmly believe, and I think we all believe, that um, 
the organizations and the people who make up those organizations who are um, most significantly impacted by violence should be helping to develop the solutions. And um, as Anna said, they should be resourced to do that. So the Chicago Fund um, is a, a, a small resource. So, so to support um, their ideas and their activities for reducing gun violence. Um, we can't make a direct link between the activities of Chicago Fund and Lethling Shy grantees to violence reduction. But what we know is that those activities um, build trust and stronger bonds and social cohesion and, and relationships in communities, and that um, that creates the conditions for violence reduction. The investment that we can make, and especially if we make uh, investment over time, really does um, help to solidify uh, the ability of these organizations to do this work and builds their capacity to be even stronger in community and have a sense of agency in, um, in all that we're doing to reduce violence. How has COVID-19 and the racial uprisings impacted community-led initiatives, and how do they impact your work in the coming year? So um, with the Chicago Fund for uh, uh, 2020, we, the, the grants were approved right in March of 2020 when, um, when, when, when the, the lockdowns were um, beginning, just beginning to happen with COVID-19. So our grantees had to, um, they had to pivot. They had to do uh, uh, program modifications um, and, and figure out how to offer their programs remotely um, and to learn and or to um, learn how to offer them um, in accordance with CDC guidelines. And so that meant that um, uh, the Chicago Fund needed to provide resources to do that. So we provided technical assistance for how to um, uh, offer uh engaging programs virtually. We provided our grantees with Zoom licenses. We provided them with um, PPE, including masks and hand sanitizer. And, and, and many of them did not have access to the technology. So we purchased um, 600 laptops and distributed, distributed them to organizations on the South and West Sides. You know, one of the things that I would add, um, thanks so much for that, Deborah. Um, is that um, the Chicago Fund has always been about responding to the needs of, you know, those um, really hyper-local organizations. And it's no surprise that the areas that have been disproportionately impacted by COVID um, also mirror uh, the communities that have been impacted by gun violence. Um, so I think that we knew that we needed to be flexible um, and responsive um, and um, at the same time, really try to figure out how we can um, ensure that these um, grassroots organizations could you know, respond to the issues that they were seeing um, and, and to um, be able to hold their events, um, even if it was virtual. Um, and just to know that they're supported, you know, and just to say that we know that they show up and that we want to be there for them. 
what I would, would add to that, Anna, is um, that I think this is the year of being flexible in, in every respect. Um, and we know that because people cannot do programming that they imagined and that they have done in the past and did successfully, they can't do it in the same way, um, that, you know, they're going to need to be flexible and be able to, um, you know, pivot when they need to and be responsive. Um, and that we need to support them in that and not expect perfection, um, not expect perfection over the coming months. Uh, as we embark on the Let's Link Shy initiative and are looking to support organizations over the year through June, starting in, I think we're starting in December through June, you know, there's, we don't know what's ahead. So we're going to have to be very flexible and just really support the, the organizations to do the work in the best way they can. Yeah, that's a great point, Anna. Um, and regarding the racial uprisings, I would say that um, I, was, I can speak for the Polk Brothers Foundation. I think that we are uh, trying to learn more about um, c- communities' vision of public safety without relying as much on the police. Um and, and, and the philanthropic community in Chicago is learning more about 211 systems around the country and trying to figure out if we can develop that kind of a system uh, here such that when people are um, having um, a, a mental health crisis or, or, or there's a domestic violence crisis that the, the police are not necessarily the first responder that there are other first responders who can handle those situations um, more appropriately. On a similar note, how did the Chicago Fund and Let's Link Shy connect to longer-term impacts of safety and peace for Chicago? So, you know, the Chicago Fund and Let's Link Shy are similar in many ways, and they're different in some um, important ways. The Chicago Fund uh, is intended to provide as much support to these 21 communities most impacted by violence during the summer months and really create a concentration of activities and therefore alternatives to um, violence and the opportunity to engage in peaceful activities throughout the summer when uh, we know violence is at its highest peak. Let's Link Shy, um, while also intended to create alternatives um, to violence and provide opportunities for peace, is also focused on taking back spaces that may have been used for violence, violent activity. So where there may be a, a hotspot for violence, um, community groups taking back that, that space and doing activities in that space. So both of these initiatives really are intended to first, as we've said before, um, uh, engage community residents in this work and and give them a sense of agency in being able to build peace within their own neighborhoods and then also concentrate activities so that they um, can, again, create the, um, the conditions for peace. We can't, as Deborah said, um, make a correlation between these activities and violence reduction, but they certainly can um, offer the opportunity 
for for something something different and something more. And with long term investment and um, and long term engagement of residents and and they're just being able to do this over a period of time. Um, there is one would hope and one would assume, and I think we've we've seen in other neighborhoods and other cities. Um, more cohesion among neighbors, more relationship building among neighbors, and a, a connection that um, is counter to violence and counter to um, the conditions that lead up to violence. I mean, I think that that was beautiful, Anna, and I, I would totally agree. I feel like, you know, even when we uh, started the fund, um, you know, five, it's five years ago now, Deborah. Um, we knew that a lot of these community organizations, like we heard it again and again, that they have been doing this, you know, they've been doing activities or, you know, providing opportunities to engage um, younger folks or aging adults, um, and they just were never funded to do it, right? So this is sparking hope. This is showing that we believe that communities and these grassroots organizations have the answers, right? Um, and that it has to be multi-pronged, right? That there has to be systems level work. We need to have policy reform. Um, but then also like these community organizations, you know, should be well-resourced so that they can, they can be creative and they can be responsive to what they think um, are the solutions um, to um, community safety um, in their, in their, on their blocks and in their neighborhoods. And, you know, I just think about Deborah, what you've said it again and again, like, you know, safe communities are not the communities that are over-policed, right? They're the ones that have social cohesion and they have, um, they're well-resourced, right? They have good quality schools and, um, you know, well-resourced libraries and, and all of those investments. And so we, we're trying to just, you know, I think that the community grants, both Let's Link Shy and the Chicago Fund is trying to um, build that that neighborhood response. I, I think that's right. I agree with both um, Anna and Anna. And I think it bears repeating that the safest communities are not those communities with the most police. They are the communities with the most resources. And so, and I think that we need to look at the intersectionality of issues. Um, safe communities are thriving communities with good schools, decent, affordable housing, um, thriving commercial districts that provide um, jobs, um, resources for uh, physical and mental health. So in the long term, that's we're hoping that these efforts are helping to build that. And I guess the final point that I would like to make is that um, the overwhelming response every year for five years um, that the Chicago Fund has had and that uh, most recently with Leslie Shy had shows that um, people in these communities on the South and West side are not apathetic or hopeless about the violence that's plaguing their neighborhoods. Like these, these, these efforts have un unleashed a myriad of activities in which people are engaged to make their communities safer places to live, work, and play. And um, I think our role 
as funders is to um, support and amplify that activity. What would you say is the benefit of funders working together to support community organizations? That's a that's a great question, Charlotte. I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious just even in this conversation. I mean, I I, I love working with both Deborah and Anna. Um, you know, our organizations, um, you know, we're all funders um, and we work in all of the communities. Um, I would also say that we're all really curious um, and um, approach this work with humility and with an appetite to learn, um, you know, and the adage that we can do more together um, with more, we can do more. Um, and I, and I, I see that. Um, and every year, um, the, the number of funders, um, grows and even like our grant making working group, um, you know, grows as well. So I think that we benefit as we engage more people and, um, and that includes funders too. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, our, our money, if there's more people in, more people investing, then there's more money available to the groups, obviously. Um, it's also helpful to the organizations, I think, because if you establish a fund, which multiple funders are putting money into, um, community groups don't have to seek out separate foundations and fill out separate applications. It makes that process easier for them to be able to provide, um, to, to apply for grants. So I think, um, I hope that um, organizations um, see that this is a simpler process and, and low barrier, which I think is um, a big uh, piece of what we're doing. And I think is really important to mention is that, you know, this is intended to be as low barrier as possible for people to access resources. Often as funders, we have um, really complicated um, application processes that um, is very difficult for organizations with very limited resources to, to access. And the fund allows you know, the, all of these organizations, all of these funders who have these complicated application processes have put money into this fund and have trusted that this process is the best one to, to provide resources to these smaller groups. And I know that several um, funders have said that they, uh, for a whole host of reasons, may not be able to fund um, some of the smaller grassroots organizations. Um, and this allows them um, to participate and support this incredible work. Gun violence is a complicated um, social issue. And so we need a, a, a variety of solutions. And so some funders fund direct service, other funders fund um, policy work, other funders fund advocacy and organizing. And we need um, all of those strategies to reduce gun violence in the city of Chicago. Are there any final comments you'd like to make? I would just say I think that I um, love my colleagues and I feel very privileged um, to do this work with them. I couldn't agree more. Um, these the women that I work with here, I respect tremendously. They're probably the my colleagues that I respect the most. Um, I, I think this work is um, incredibly rewarding. Um, I think that it has the creation of this fund has allowed us to learn so much. It's allowed us to learn so much about how uh, community groups um, 
are, are serving their communities, what kind of resources they have, where, where they need resources, and how we can be more helpful. So I think it's ongoing learning and constant iteration, which is always interesting. And, and um, I learn so much every day. I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, it is um, it is such hopeful work. You know, when I think about, um, I worry so much about um, so many our city um, and to fund organizations and people. It's really you know citizens and neighbors um, who are so hopeful um, and so creative. And you know, um, there is this. Um, the sense of joy um, that we are able to support is really is really affirming, and um, I feel very privileged to be part of it. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Charlotte. Thanks so much, Charlotte. Thank you, Charlotte.